This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It's my pleasure to bring here uh, Rand Fishkin. Rand, how are you doing today? I am pretty good. A little... Uh... It's it's been a crazy week, Philip. I so my uh, my wife's family had a death in the family, which which was quite sad and unexpected. But then for the last two weeks, family's been you know flying to Seattle, in town, staying with us. So I've been cooking for like twelve Italians every night. That's <laughs> let me tell you about an adventure for a Jewish kid, right? Like, oh, you, last night it was arugula pesto, which they were like, no, no, you're supposed to make it with basil, and I was like, no, I looked it up. Apparently, basil <laughs> pesto is in the spring. Arugula pesto is in the fall. And they were like, okay, okay, we'll we'll eat it. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're going to argue with you. <laughs> man, that's a tough crowd, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although I got to uh, say, if I'm a fan of any food, it's Italian food, man. That, oh, is, oh. that is where I live. Unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't agree with my body that much as I'm getting older and my Ooh. 30s now, you know. <laughs> You mean you mean uh, five thousand you know calories of carbs doesn't do it for you anymore, Philip? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. And so, so with, with that little background that you're sharing with us, one of the things we always like to ask when we kick things off is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? Uh, technically, kind of. So my my mom started a small business marketing consultancy in 1980, and crazy enough, that company, you know, she basically was helping small businesses in the Seattle area with like business card design, letterhead, logo, right? All the pre-internet marketing stuff. And when I dropped out of college in 2001, I joined her company, her small business building websites for her customers, right? Because it's the it's the dot-com boom and then the bust and, you know, everybody wanted a website. We did like a ton of, you know, small banks and, and dental websites. And that's how I got into SEO and so that business, the business that my mom started in 1981, is the same company that became Moz. What? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so for some context, Moz is how I actually first came across Rand. I, I was at a marketing agency in New York. And um, when they tasked me with spearheading a lot of the SEO initiatives at the agency, because you can find yourself an SEO person and it's very hard to find a good person to hire for SEO because most of them say they're doing it and they're not really doing anything for you. There's like four levels to SEO, but all my education is actually stems from the studies I did uh, watching Rand Fishkin's Whiteboard Fridays. Yeah, and the reason yeah. why I first had interviewed him in a podcast I had started a while back was because I knew that he was living proof of how content at a consistent pace creates real results and his whiteboard fridays were like at least for me and i'm i still stand by this the go-to for learning and understanding how seo works at a macro and micro level it, it was really insane i mean that you were the wizard of seo you know that and you probably still are i'm sure you hold that mantle and i don't say that lightly and i don't say that about a lot of people but then 
I started watching what you were doing and you shifted to what you now run with Spark Toro, yeah. right? And now a lot of people, I think, need education on what it is because not many people understand what it means to have audience intelligence available. So yeah. please break down what, because there's a lot of content creators. Everybody wants their personal brand. Everybody wants a podcast, a newsletter. They want followers. But where does that all come from? I think Spark Toro is a solution that is so needed. And I'd love to hear just your quick, your quick pitch. And then we'll sort of iterate as we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me, uh, here's the, here's the easiest way to think about Spark Toro. So the, one of the best things that you could possibly do for your marketing to better understand your customers, the people you want to reach, where they pay attention, their, their demographics, their behaviors, you know, all the YouTube channels they subscribe to all the podcasts they listen to all the communities they're part of, everybody they follow on social, all the websites they visit, the subreddits they participate in. If you want that data, the best way to do it, absolute best way, Philip, is you need to get your customers' home addresses. You want to <laughs> you want to learn learn lock picking, right? Go to like lock picking school. You break into their house, you steal their phone, you get the unlock code, and then you can scroll through and see every YouTube channel they subscribe to, right? All the email newsletters they get in their inbox. Now, look, this is highly unethical and incredibly illegal. I recommend nobody does it. SparkToro is the next best thing because it turns out, Philip and Jason, it turns out that a ton of people put this information publicly on the web. If you go visit my YouTube profile, you'll see every channel I subscribe to. You'll see every comment I've ever left. If you go to my Twitter profile, you'll see every website I ever linked to. You'll see uh, everyone I follow, everyone who follows me. You'll see all my tweets and replies. If you go to my Facebook page, right, you'll see all this data. If you go to my LinkedIn, you'll see all that plus demographic data. And what SparkToro does is we just crawl the public pages. So anything, anybody who has a public profile in English, we aggregate those, anonymize them. So we throw out any personally identifiable information. And then we make that searchable. So you can say, I want to know everything about interior designers in Canada or chemical engineers in the UK or people who play Dungeons and Dragons or folks who are obsessed with you know, Disney movies. And SparkToro can say, oh, okay, well, they follow these accounts. They visit these websites. They listen to these podcasts in these percentages. And so you can get a really good sense of like, oh, turns out Disney fans, they don't listen to a lot of podcasts. But gosh, interior designers listen to a lot of podcasts, especially Canadian interior designers. That's a good channel for us. And these are the podcasts we should probably sponsor and pitch and get on. Maybe we should even start a podcast. Like All that information of how to build your audience outside of just Google and Facebook ads, SparkToro really helps people accomplish. Man, it's like SEO on steroids. Like it's like, like, <laughs> like but like the next level of it, like showing how, yeah, SEO is cool, but you also need to think deeper about what it is you're doing. And well, I think so, I mean, the SEO thing, like, here's how I think about it, guys. So imagine that the three of us run marketing for Mountain Dew, right? Like Mountain Dew, the, the soda brand. What is one search term that we could rank highly for? Let's say we could own like all top 10 spots for one search term and sell more soda. <laughs> Soda. I can't think of a single term. Like <laughs> yeah, I cannot yeah. think yeah. of one keyword that would help us sell more Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and so SEO is great for certain companies, but it's often not enough, right? Tons of people are like, gosh, I'm running out of keywords to like brainstorm here and the competition's really heavy and 
you know, I'm competing against tons of people, but man, if I could build up my email newsletter, if I could like get a podcast audience going, if I could get, you know, these 10 people in social to say nice things about our brand, that would probably crush it, right? Like you, you can imagine that in whatever food and beverage world or the world of, I don't know, outdoor extreme sports, if we could get like Sean White to say that Mountain Dew voodoo is like the best thing ever. Oh shit. Like we, we'd probably sell a lot of Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know, yes. It's that kind of thing. Yes. That's the missing link, man. And we, we're fortunate that uh, the work that Jason has been doing over the years uh, has, has like come to a place where there's a community. And so like within ourselves, these episodes have gotten incredible traction. I think we hit top one, one, one percent uh, through listen notes is uh, I don't know if you wish you should add that data to you yes. if you don't already have it uh, of global podcast in four to five months, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just so listen notes was actually one of our early um, really inspirations for the podcast section of spark Toro. And you'll see, uh, a lot of similar data in there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, and we, we've been trying to figure out like, where is this coming from? Cause it's just building traction. The other day we had a huge spike and we were like, oh man, where is this data coming from? You know, like, and so it was really fascinating. Uh, but, but I also want to give a chance for Jason to ask some questions about what yeah. you're doing, because I know he's curious about the work that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely don't understand it completely. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a tech guy at all. I'm not a SEO guy at all. Um, I mean, I get the concept of it, but, you know, understanding the mechanics behind things is, that's what I like. I like the mechanics behind things, not necessarily the, the what something does. It's more like what makes the clock tick, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause to me, that's the strategy part of it. Right. And and that's how you really, truly learn how to use something is when you know how every little piece of it ticks, the clock ticks, and then you can figure out strategically where you're going to plug it in. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of people think that way. Um, I think a lot of people just think, oh, this is a cool tool. Um, and, you know, let's see what it'll do for us. But I think you kind of have to reverse engineer that a little better than that and say, how does it tick? And how do I best utilize a tool like that in order to fit within my whole overarching strategy of my company, yeah. not just this shallow, cool, it kicks shit out. <laughs> right? Data pukers, right? You right. don't want a data puker. A, yeah. You know, that, that becomes just inundated information that nobody knows how to compartmentalize and use. So... That's the next part of this conversation. Right. And Everything has to have a strategy behind it in order to use it in its most efficient and effective way to squeeze every bit of lime juice out of it you can get. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, this is where I wanted to take it now because I, I watch every so often you, you put out a newsletter and you let uh, rant and you let people know that you're going to be doing like a live like run through of the tool. And a lot of the time you're sort of breaking down why this tool works and the way that it does. Right. And I find that it's a lot like when people first started hearing about Web3 and how mm -hmm. they had to like educate people on what the blockchain is and what have you. So what Jason speaks to, I mean, Jason is the consummate serial entrepreneur, many companies, right? He's come across many tools. And so this is a perfect example of like, like, how do people use the data because i worked at a marketing agency sure. people are like great my cost per click is you know up by three what does that mean like how do i tell so how can we create stories 
from the numbers that we're looking at, uh, sure, whether sure. through using SparkToro or just in general in business. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you guys want me to show you the tool a little Heck bit? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for that. Added value. I'm all, I'm all <laughs> for some real time stuff. All right, love it. Here we go. Uh, so this is uh, this is SparkToro. You guys can see my screen. So es essentially, I think Jason. I really like the way that you think about products because I think about them that way too. So when you mm -hmm. said like, hey, does anybody else do this? Yes. So what SparkToro is fundamentally, it's these 83 million public social accounts. Now, when I say like a profile, a public social profile, what I mean is like, hey, Jason, here's your LinkedIn account, right? And your LinkedIn account points to a website and that website points back to your LinkedIn. It also points to a Twitter account that we're like, oh, okay, that Twitter account, this website, and this LinkedIn, that's all Jason Miller, the CEO of SAB. And gosh, he's also got a, a YouTube account. He's also got an Instagram. He's also got a Facebook, right? And we call that one profile. Ooh. And that's what we index, that, that those profiles, whatever we can see publicly. If Google can crawl it, we can crawl it. If Google can't crawl it, we can't crawl it, right? So we don't see like private Facebook groups or private messages, you send any, anything like that. It's all just public on the web information. And these 83 million accounts are what you can search. So essentially you can say, my audience you know, um, frequently visits the website and then you could plug in you know, a website like my old company, right? We could plug in moz.com, which probably lots of folks are, are familiar with. And you could see Basically, anyone who's shared that website or liked a tweet or a LinkedIn post that um, shared that website or anyone who follows that website uh, on one of their pub public social accounts or has sent out a link to it. So we have 169,000 people in our of the 83 million, right, who on one or more networks have engaged with Moz.com in some way that we can see publicly uh, in the last 120 days. So a little more than a quarter. And this is data about them. So you can see that 8.1% of these 169,000 people have the word marketer in one of their bios or more, right? So like their Twitter bio has that word in it. Their LinkedIn bio has that word in it. Their uh, Facebook page profile bio has the, that word in it. Their Instagram about section has that word in it. Founders, lots of founders apparently follow in an engagement with Moz. Lots of people in agencies. You can see words and phrases that they're using. Apparently Google Analytics, Lots of talk about that, which I'm not sure if that was always true when I was at Moz, but apparently it is now. Link building and keyword research in Google Console, still big, right? Um, content marketing, PPC, e-commerce, these are hashtags that these people use. And then you, you can dive into it. You can see Moz is pretty, pretty male dominant, you know, right? And job roles and fields, skills, you can see age. Hey, look, a bunch of people still follow me. In fact, this is huge. So if you were Moz, right? And you said this, this makes pretty good sense. Almost everyone who's shared and talked about the website also follows or engages with their social account. But if you were to say, hey, we want to influence Moz's audience, who's the person who could influence Moz's audience the most? It turns out it's the former founder and CEO, whoever this Rand Fishkin guy is. He looks a little weird and ugly to me, but I, I don't know. Uh, and, and also, you know, someone like Will Reynolds or Ann Smarty might be great. This is a deep understanding. Like, I don't, I don't think when I worked at Moz, I never had this data in front of me. I never had this data to be able to say, oh gosh, you know, podcasts are moderately big. There's a few podcasts that are like pretty big with this audience. 
but YouTube channels are even bigger. Maybe, maybe like, let's go dive into the YouTube channels. God, could I get on the Google Analytics channel somehow? Like, could they have me as a guest? Or you know what? Could I run ads on YouTube targeted against Google Analytics? Because it turns out the people, a ton of the people, 25% of Moz's audience follows the Google Analytics YouTube channel. Dang, that's some great freaking targeting. I should probably run some ads against Neil Patel's and the Content Marketing Institute and Buffer and Jay Bear and Adweek and Guy Kawasaki. And then as I get down here, right, I might be like, well, maybe these ones are less ideal for me, but potentially still interesting, right? Forrester is a really fascinating one if I was trying to go a little broader with it. So you, you can do this for anything. You could say, my audience uses these words in their profile and then say, you know, I don't know, chemical engineer, right? And see people who are chemical engineers or, or describe themselves that way and how they behave online. And hey, all right, interesting. Most mentioned yeah. skills, chemical engineering. I don't know anything about chemical engineering. Like my grandfather was a chem chemical engineer, but look at, you know, this is the place to reach these people. This is, right. this is where I'd go run my you know, Twitter ads, my Facebook ad targeting, my LinkedIn ad targeting. This, you know, this is the kind of people, oh, look at this. He's even got his email right in here, like for me to reach out to. Wow. Um, and in fact, you know, SparkToro does this through, through lists. So if we can find someone's email that's associated with them, you can see I built a list for chemical engineers, right? I can see uh, contact information for these folks if they've got it in there. So there's, you know, a whole bunch of oh, wow. email addresses and all that I didn't know stuff. that. Yeah. It yeah, is yeah. it is can, literally literally like the old paid Alexa on crack. <laughs> yeah, except I, I felt like Alexa never knew what percent of no, an audience no, engaged, definitely. right? Like right. they couldn't tell you, hey, this percent of chemical engineers have this right. behavior or do this thing. So th there's a that, whole bunch more as far as but yeah, I don't want to make this too. Like that's the what I will say part. is, yeah, that's the, it's like, that's the on crack yeah. part. <laughs> no, um, man, it's, it's genius, man. It, it really, is. It really is. And, and it's crazy because I have watched many a sh tutorial or, or a, a broadcast workshop that you do when you send yeah, out the email okay. newsletters. And even though I've watched it, I never understood it the way it was presented right now. I don't know if oh. it's the context or what have you, because I knew what it could do. And yeah. I would always try to explain it to people because even though I don't use a referral link, I probably should have. I'm always telling people you I tell people everywhere when they when that when they ask me, like, oh, how do you plan to help me develop my personal brand? The first thing I tell them is, well, number one, we're going to need to create a Spark Toro account. They, I, I, I always say that 100 percent. Love it. 100 percent. Just so well, you know. And, and so, you know, one of the things that's really interesting here is. Um, we have a very unique, weird philosophy at Spartoro. So my previous company, Moz, I think you guys probably know was venture-backed, right? And so venture-backed means hyper-growth. You know, you're trying to like prevent anyone from ever canceling. You got to be very uh, metrics-driven. Spartoro is not venture-backed. Our, our goal is like, hey, let's hope tons of people get value from this. When you want to pay, pay. When, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm, I don't need this anymore. Great. Cancel. Like we'll send you a little notification three days before we charge your card. That's like, Hey, if you're not using it, now's a good time to cancel. Like just, you know, just go um, and come back whenever you need us. So we have, 
just a completely different philosophy and approach to kind of building a business and building value for folks. And this is why the free account exists, right? It's There's no credit card free trial. It won't like automatically charge you anything. It's just free. Like you put in your email, you start searching. Actually, you start searching, then you put in your email and, and you can like learn a whole bunch of things about any particular audience. It doesn't have any data on search or SEO. So we don't know what people search for in Google, but we can tell you what they post about on social networks. We can tell you who they follow. We can tell you when they engage with a subreddit or a YouTube channel or a podcast or you know a website. So there's a lot of cool data that you can get out of this. And it's way easier than breaking into people's houses and stealing their phones. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing about it too is, you know, in today's business world, the who controls data wins. Yeah. It's just the truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and the truth. truth. And we don't, you know, we don't control this data, but we do collect it, right? We are able to right. aggregate it. And I think that's the power is not forcing you to do it yourself. You know, Jason, like we saw a ton of really smart marketers and agencies, consultants who would like, they'd go get their, you know, their customers, their clients uh, email list, right. Of like everybody who bought hiking boots at REI. Right. And they get that list of email addresses and then they'd run it through like a clear bid or a full contact, try to turn those into the social URLs, crawl all this, build a manual crawler to go crawl all those social URLs and extract that data about like what they follow and pay attention to and subscribe to. And we were like, oh my God, this is these projects are costing companies like $150,000, right? For, for one report. And Casey and I thought, my, my co-founder and I, we were like, man, let's just give that to everyone in like 30 seconds <laughs> you know, for 50 bucks. Like this just completely democratize that data. You don't have to be a big company. You can be a tiny little brand or a small consultant with a tiny budget and get a ton of this information because it's public. It should all be available at your fingertips. Like in my opinion, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google, like they should be giving this data publicly because they've got it, right? And we're the ones giving it to them. Like we, the public are the ones who gave them all the data but they kind of keep it secret. And so companies like SparkToro have to exist to, to democratize that. I, I was going to say, man, one of the things I love about a, a lot of the, the regular uh, posting that you do across all channels is that you, you, make it, you make it clear that while your work can help people develop better campaigns uh, when running ads, you're also always watching how these ad companies are moving because it, it, as somebody who, even when you were doing the, the SEO stuff, yeah. Like it's no secret that sometimes these clicks wouldn't add up the way it would use your budget, your ad spend. And you're like, come on, yeah. man. And so that's why you made such an incredible effort to create a library of SEO documentation that can help you get around that. If, if possible, maybe not even have to run a campaign to get what you need across, which is what Spark Toro is doing. The way I understand it is, yeah. yeah, you can use that to run a campaign or you can even go directly to the people yourself because you know that they're already technically warm to you. This my philosophy around marketing just in general is create value for people and create value for the sources of influence that people already pay attention to. And if those sources of influence amplify your brand, if they say good things about you to their network, if, you know, when you guys have me on this show, like 
what will probably happen is people who are listening and engaging, some of them will go to SparkToro. They'll maybe they'll search Google for SparkToro or they'll go to sparktoro.com directly and they'll sign up for a free account. And you know, six months later, they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm having that problem that SparkToro helps with. Maybe they'll sign up for a paid account or they'll send it to a friend who signs up and we'll never be able to track it, right? There's no possible way. We will never be able to know, ah, oh, man, Philip and Jason's show, that drove a bunch of, impossible, like impossible to track. I, I can't attribute any revenue to it. And yet these kinds of serendipitous marketing investments are, in my opinion, the best ones full stop. Absolutely the best ones, the ones that you can't track and perfectly measure, the ones where no one has an incentive to try and take false credit for sales that would have happened anyway, which in my opinion is a ton of Google and Facebook's like whole motivation <laughs> is they're like, oh, Jason, you know, you were about to buy these hiking boots from REI. Let's just show you an ad while you're browsing the news or the weather or whatever, so that when you buy them, we can take credit mm -hmm. for the view through conversion. <laughs> it's the dark funnel, right? Oh, man. That's what they, I've, I've heard people uh, refer to it as the dark funnel. I like that. Yeah. Cause you can't track shit. Yeah. There's no <laughs> way to know. No, you're right. That's, that's, that's exactly right. So in my opinion, right. Dark traffic, the dark funnel, like it is more powerful because mm. it's so hard to track. If it was easy to track every VP of marketing Every CMO, every board of directors would put tons of budget behind it and it'd be incredibly competitive. But because it's difficult to track and prove or even impossible, tons of marketers completely ignore it, especially like venture-backed companies, you know, folks with public reporting requirements, uh, uh, you know, companies that have gone public. They don't try and invest in these channels, which leaves it open for us, right? The like indies, the small guys. And I love those channels so much for that reason. Lower competition, higher ROI, hard to track. All I have to do is believe in it and do a great job. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, I knew it was going to be a great conversation. And everyone that's a part of the community, they all own businesses. And they're all looking for ways to maximize their punch in the marketplace. You know, how do we how do we get heard? And more importantly, how do we serve more of the people we want to serve, right? That's really what yeah. good businesses are doing. This is one of those tools that gen like I'm I'm an advocate for it only because I know it's really set up to help people. Unlike, you know, I, I used to have a Google Analytics certification and like I, I went through all the training and I looked at which is funny that I can see that why that data pops up with Moz. And to this day, the only thing I walked away from with it was, yeah, you can set up your analytics. That's that's about that's about like the most you can do with it. Even with the AI function, when you're in a Google sheet and it tries to tell you what to make of that data, it just says, well, you see here, this 67% means it's 67%. And so I'm like, you know, they're, they're really not doing anything. Whereas what you what you've just shown me is actionable. And I love that. So right. so, yeah, so if you had a call to action yeah. for somebody who's in business and they're looking for a tool to solve their audience engagement problem, is SparkToro the solution? Not always, but sometimes. If, if what you are trying to do is understand where does my audience participate online so that I can be in those places, through ads, through organic, through pitching them, through co-marketing, whatever you're doing, if you have that strategy in mind, I don't know of another good tool that can tell you 
you know, 42% of chemical engineers in Canada listen to this podcast. Like, I don't think that exists. As far as I know, it doesn't. So SparkToro can be very helpful for that. Um, you know, certainly what's great is you can give it a try. And if it doesn't work for you, you know, you've lost five minutes, right? Like it's not, it's not like getting Google analytics certified, you know, or setting up an AdWords <laughs> campaign where you're like, well, I spent five grand in six months and I don't think I got anything, but maybe oh, I did. <laughs> I didn't even think about that with the whole iOS change in privacy as well. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah. Good That's luck running deal. ads. However, there's a lot mm-hmm. of places where that information is still available and it's something like SparkToro that can help you. Actually, like it should have been that way to begin with, right? Because the should, data yeah. was there. That's that's what you're trying to say. And I, the so iOS you remember, thing is a perfect example. <laughs> Philip, I don't know if you remember, but like before Cambridge Analytica, you used to be able to go to your Facebook insights page or even the Facebook ads interface. And it would show you like people mm-hmm. who have X, you know, you could define an audience and then it would tell you about that audience. They'd say like, oh, well, you know, it wouldn't tell you exactly the percentages, but they'd be like, they follow these pages and they talk yeah. about these subjects and they have these interests and here's the demographics for that group. And then post 2016, all that data is gone, right? Under the guise of privacy, which I, I think is kind of bunk. <laughs> I don't think there's any privacy being exposed there. They're telling you about groups of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. Like, I think they, I think they took that data away so that you would spend more money on ads. Yeah. No, that's what it is, man. I totally. Again, I'm a big advocate of the work that you're doing and I want to see it succeed. I want to be part of that process. And that's why I wanted to tell your story and, and why your product exists, because it's not just, oh, you know, I'm looking for a new startup. <laughs> you already made an exit and most people, and like any entrepreneur, that's really an entrepreneur, you got the bug and couldn't stay still, could you? So, so I get it. I get it. You know, um, but with that said, uh, sparktoro.com, best place for people to go. Rand yes, Fishkin on Twitter, right? Um, uh, before we get to the grand finale, I hope you don't mind. I want to give a shout out to one of our supporters that makes episodes like this possible. And uh, that is uh, Sharing the Credit is the name of the company. It's run by Will Black. And essentially, every time someone swipes a debit card or a credit card, you know, those fees, they usually go to a bank, right? Legally, you actually have the option to have those fees go to a charity of your choice. And Will Black and sharing the credit makes that possible. So if you want to change the game and put your money where your mouth is and where you want it to go, go to sharingthecredit.com or you can call and I'm about to say a phone number here. So if you got your pen and paper, get it ready. It's 877-201-7215. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And don't worry, we know them personally. So we'll put you in touch, Rand. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, 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 man. And I, I knew you'd be able to appreciate something like that. Uh, so with that said, the grand finale, before I get there, Jason, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, you know, I run across a lot of tools, right? And uh, a lot of tools, a lot of programs, a lot of things, you know, even like, you know, Philip just mentioned sharing credit, right? Um, and I run across a lot of things. And at some point as business owners, we have to step back and go, I got this much time for these many things, Right. And that's it. That's my brain's got this much space today to handle something new, right? So that being said, anytime there's a tool that makes life easier, why wouldn't we want to use that? Okay. Because since we talked about sharing the credit, I can say the same thing with that company is 
if you know you can save money plus give money to charity, well, you're a rat bastard then for not going over there and changing your stuff over, right? So if I know that if I know that I can get better analytics and better data, well, I'm a rat bastard for continuing to use the that's not doing me no good. Yeah. So there again, it's about utilizing tools strategically and using the right things at the right time. I think you are shit hot on that with what you got going oh, on. Yeah, man. No, I, I you, knew sir. it was going to be a great mm-hmm. conversation and it's the right show to have a yeah. conversation yeah. about you know what Toro. I, you know what I love about sharing the credit? So, and the fact that you guys have a sponsor for the show, that's exactly what SparkToro helps with, right? If I'm sharing the credit, mm-hmm. I want to find shows that small businesses, merchants, people who might need a merchant account are listening to so that I can go sponsor those shows, right? And so if this is bringing them business, they probably would want to go like, huh, I should go to SparkToro and see like who else follows Jason and who else follows Philip and who else follows SAB and like what 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 are other people who you know small business owners follow? Ta-da. That's how it happens. Yep. Love it. it. Beautiful. Oh man, no, it's powerful, man. So the grand finale, the one for all the marbles and all the points. If (laughs) given what we talked about today, if you could have invited anybody to this table, have a seat at the table to listen or contribute any point in place, time, dead or alive, who would you have loved to have had here for this and why them? You know, there is, so there's a pair of women, uh, Nandini Jami and Claire Atkin, they run uh, checkmyads.org and they do a ton of, it's, it's like a combination of optimization and advocacy work inside the ad tech ecosystem. And they expose kind of the dark underbelly of how Google and Facebook ads, Amazon ads, and, and all these third-party networks kind of extract value from advertisers without adding incrementality back. Um, and how they fund a lot of, you know, problematic disinformation outlets and, and spam and scammers on the internet. I think having a conversation with them would have been fascinating today because they could have dug deep into that, like, oh yeah, all these things you're talking about with like why the ad ecosystem is abusive and problematic. Here's why, and here's what happens, and here's what you can do to change that. Wow. I think they helped Uber, I think it was last year, save like a hundred million dollars off their ads, spend a hundred million dollars less and get more results from their advertising. There's crazy stories about them, Whoa. like just pulling tons of money out of the ad ecosystem and returning better results to the companies who made those investments. Oh man, and just think of what that does for mom and pop shops that are just like, okay, Google, uh, you know, like, uh, hopefully I didn't activate any devices there. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, are, that, that are just funneling whatever, whatever their marketing budget is to begin with, only to have it eaten up by clicks that aren't even real, man. So yeah, no, there's, there's powerful stuff to what you're saying. In fact, because you said that, there's somebody I think I want to introduce you to after we'll talk post-show, but it is tradition around here for Jason to close this out. So I want to say thank you for stopping by, man. Every time I talk to you, it's never a bad conversation. Uh, Jason, please bring us to a close. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. Very enlightening, I would say. Um, and uh, you got something at your fingertips that you might not even know just yet, the power you hold yet. So the oftentimes the best things in the world are the things we don't even realize the power we have yet. So just, gosh, keep doing great work and thanks for stopping by here and, you know, spending 30 minutes with us and sharing the value that you're putting in the world. And it's people like you that aren't leaving a legacy. 
I always say leave a footprint because mm. a footprint mm. is far bigger than a legacy. So yeah, you keep keep on doing that, brother. Thanks for oh. being here. Jason, thank you so much. I hope I hope that my footprints are ones that other people can follow the path in because I have certainly benefited a ton from entrepreneurs and founders and, and contributors to the space that came before me. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. All right, Rand. Cheers. 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 Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.